Hello and welcome to For or Against, a podcast for new friends produced by old friends. I'm your host, Mike McFadden. Joining me today are Robbie Silver, Mike Wynan, and Patrick Lothian. Thank you all for joining me today. Hello, Thank Michael. you, Mike. Thanks as always, Mike. <laughs> You're most welcome. <laughs> it has been a week since we last recorded, so uh, what I'd like to do is check in with each of you and find out what's going on in your lives. Robbie, how are you? I'm wonderful. About an hour ago, I found a tick on me. Which is more, the first time. Bugs. Yeah. I, <laughs> Ticks are worse quiet, than, Yeah, they, you can't hear them on the podcast here. <laughs> Not like crickets. <laughs> you can't hear them slowly injecting my circulatory system with whatever venom they have. Was it was it um, like dug in or was it just crawling on you? No, it was crawling on me. But it was just so I know the ticks are in a lot of places throughout the country, but it's one of those categories of things where I've always been fearful of them but from a distance like I've never actually thought about like oh what if a tick gets on me it's more just like oh I that would suck but then I go out into the woods and I don't even think about it and I forget to check and so now that we're in West Virginia we're actually being forced to be conscious of it because this is the first time one was on me but Lexi's had ticks on her twice now since we've been here oh, wow. uh, there's there's another one that we just found outside so it's Mothman. like you need to start thinking about there was a chick on Mothman. Now, do you know, are these the Lyme disease carrying ticks or are these the lesser of the two evil? They ticks? are the bigger kind. You're speaking to, think an, those... to an Eagle Scout. so Yes, I don't think those carry Lyme disease. They carry some so. sort of disease. But yeah, maybe... I don't think it's a really, really bad one. I think it's in I like hope not. northeast where it's... Like I did really look bad. online to see pictures of different ticks and I, one of them... The, it kind of looked like both the Lyme disease one and the non-Lyme disease Rich one. So, yeah. MMT. <laughs> I see. Uh, my dog had a tick once, and I don't know if you if you know this, but when a tick gets fully engorged, it literally looks like a gray jelly bean that has legs. And I oh. thought what it was until it started moving. It was oh, just... God. Yeah, uh, that happened to my dog, too. It was real <laughs> weird. Yeah, it, it's frightening. Pat, what's going on in your life? Um, I've rediscovered for the 37th time that I'm a terrible griller. <laughs> on the fourth, I, I uh, tried to grill some burgers and I always am grilling and then I'll cut one open and it will be like, I haven't even put it on the grill. So I'm like, <laughs> I'll give it another couple minutes and then it will be completely ruined. <laughs> I don't know how it does it so fast. And anytime that I try to use a thermometer, to stick in there like this time it said it was at 120 and at 120 it was supposed to be like rare yeah it had been in there so long that i'm like okay i'll cut one open to see because it seems so low and it was completely well done and it's like what's wrong with my thermometer like, <laughs> so that was not great it didn't taste it's, very it's good thermometers in <laughs> oh that was it was um, your flame on the highest flame setting possible Hey, no, I put it on low, but burgers are <laughs> for low. You don't slow slow and low a burger. No, well, but even on even on low, it was higher temperature than it said I should be cooking it. Mike lives in Texas now, so he's basically a barbecue master. Yeah, pretty right. much pit, yeah. pit boss. No, you want to you want to film grill a video master? and send it to me of how to do it? <laughs> I don't even own a grill. So. <laughs> <laughs> I got to get one. 
All right, Mike, what's going on in your life? Uh, you know, it's a pretty weird 4th of July uh, for me to uh, in lockdown. Uh, Texas has gotten um, COVID 2.0, where, <laughs> where I think we just got tired of lockdown. So we did it bad. So we have to do it all over again. Um, we failed. So we have to take yeah. it over again. Um, but I did uh, in the evening uh, play Jackbox games for those of you who are familiar with it. Um, those are games that you play uh, with friends using phones as controllers. And several people on this call uh, also played them with me. And uh, it is a very fun thing to do um, when you can't see your friends uh, physically. Um, so I really enjoyed that. I, I hope uh, you guys did too. Rob, I don't know if you remember. Was, <laughs> after you I'm sorry. Day sitting out in the sun with drinking whiskey Cokes. Yeah, I fell asleep at about 8 p.m. And then I get a call at about, what was it, 10.30 p.m.? No, it was <laughs> 9 o'clock. 10 years. Previously time. agreed time, yeah. yeah. Yeah, but Eastern time. True. And uh, waking me up from my drunken slumber saying, it's time for Jackbox. <laughs> <laughs> you Don't forget that you had texted me like an hour earlier, like just confirming that that's the right time. <laughs> well, yeah, it is. If we if we had been Jackbox then, I would have been so into it. But it was past my window of drunken sleepiness. All right. So for my update, I want to talk about that because I have one gripe for Jackbox games is that there was no undo like when you're drawing something. And so I didn't realize you had to fully commit. And so my drawings weren't as good as I would have liked them. So uh, That's part of the fun. Yeah, I think I know some of them they do have that, but some of them... I but I wish I had known that going in because <laughs> then I could have embraced the fun. But instead, I was just sort of like carelessly doodling. And then I was like, okay, where's the undo or the eraser? And like, there's none to be found. And so that's why I think I got last place in every single round. It's a feature, not a bug. And you just never learned. <laughs> <laughs> Correct. <laughs> I, I never learned. All right. So that was our uh, weekly update. Uh, anything else to add? Nope. Very good. I'm pretty sure our listeners are going to appreciate these shaking head nods. <laughs> We're not on the Zoom call. <laughs> so before we play for or against, I'm excited to introduce a new segment that we teased last week that I'm calling Better Know a Friend of the Show. In this segment, I sit down with Mark Hans, creator of the Thinking Differently podcast. Our hope is that our little platform can be used to turn you on to other creative people doing awesome things online. Without further ado, here's the interview. For our listeners, uh, we're joined with uh, Mark Hans or Mark Hands, right? That's how you pronounce it. Hands, hands, like hands. hands. I always um, say if I need if I need a reservation, I'll be like, oh, it's Mark Hans, but <laughs> otherwise, it's just Mark Hands from Chicago. <laughs> All right, great. Um, so Mark has a podcast, the Thinking Differently podcast. Um, and what I'd like to do is, Mark, just ask you to share with our listeners what is your show all about. Yep. The Think Differently podcast is a weekly show that explores those who are challenging the status quo and how they do their work or choose to live their life from doctors and designers to entrepreneurs and artists, hear the stories, learn the insights and see what it takes to think differently. Pitch done. <laughs> awesome. Uh, could you explain what inspired you to start the show? Yeah. 
I think probably a few main things. One, I, I've heard for years, people are like, you should have a podcast. Like you, you have like all these crazy ideas and you know all these like interesting people and you're always doing stuff. Like you should have a podcast. I never like believed it. Um, but then, you know, I think there's another thing there, which is just like, I love making things. I like making, whether it's digital or physical products. I love making ideas. I like making websites and just helping people come up with ideas. And one thing that really struck me was like, oh, I, I actually could just make a podcast. It's really actually surprisingly easy to make a podcast so it was just this merger of like wow I know all these really interesting people that really you know embody what I call thinking differently and then like there's this opportunity you know like I've got Instagram and like I share a ton of content there and there's just a lot of ways to share things nowadays and I was like a podcast you know just makes sense for me so so that's why I started to think differently uh, that's awesome um, can you explain um, who you've had on your show who, who have been your guests yeah, totally. Like, so, you know, cause we've talked before, like I, uh, I give zero blanks about like a lot. So I will always just reach out to people because if they say no, or they don't reply, it's no sweat to anybody. So <laughs> I just reached out to uh, the editor in chief of entrepreneur magazine was uh, episode one. I had a founder of a, a national nonprofit called high fives. He was an action sports athlete who, who uh, had a severe spinal cord injury. And from that moment I was like, wow, I need to give back to people that are injured like me. And so uh, I had Roy Tuscany uh, founder of uh, a, a nonprofit called give a shirt that uh, has local artists make hand screen printed t-shirts and then all the money goes to streetwise um i had galen gifford the founder of big truck which makes these hats that i always wear of course i'm not wearing one right now <laughs> um uh but again like a huge company that i just love their company and i've connected with this dude on instagram um founder of a really awesome local coffee company that i love their coffee they're actually just uh, signed on to be a sponsor of the podcast which is pretty cool and then uh, awesome. i think you know yeah if I could, you know, jump in here for a second, um, you're um, still pretty early into the the podcasting oh, yeah. journey. That's correct. You have like eleven or twelve episodes out. Yeah, yeah, totally. So, do you have any tips um, for anybody um, about starting a podcast, whether that's um, you know procuring guests to be on the show or just like getting going? Yeah, I think there was a few things that I read kind of like while I was thinking about it that really helped me frame it. Um, one, you know, think about like what your format, like what your format is going to be. Is it interview? Is it like Q&A? Is it just like kind of Joe Rogany where you're just talking for hours? Um, think about what's your niche. So what is different about your podcast? Like what what is the tagline, if you will? And then uh, in terms of getting guests, it's really about, you know, thinking about people that are interesting and things that are in your niche um, that have a good personality. And then a buddy of mine, Ryan, who's produced hundreds of podcasts, um, told me that the two reasons people will subscribe and listen to a podcast and come back to a podcast are one, the audio quality, and two, the host. So if the host is interesting, the host can kind of hold his or her own. The guests are always going to change, but they'll always be, oh, I wonder what Mark's up to this week. I listen to Mark, you know, even if it's like a, you know, a dud of an episode, they'll, they'll come back the next week because they go, oh, Mark's there, Mike's there. So uh, I think those are things. And then the other advice to start a podcast is uh, just do it. Just, just do it. You know, download the Anchor app. You know, don't invest a ton of money. Like we always talk lean principles. Like don't go out and buy crazy lights and microphones. Like you can do it for like a hundred dollars, you know, um, and just do it cheaply. And, uh, you know, as you start to see things grow, then maybe you invest in a little bit more, but I'd say just do it, man. Awesome. So with 11 episodes under your belt, um, is there anything that has surprised you along the way that maybe you, you thought one way, but now you think a different, think differently? Yeah, totally. So, um, 
I'm like my own worst enemy. So I'm like, no one's going to want to listen to me. Like who cares about me? It's like the guests is like the most important. And I've gotten consistent feedback from multiple people like, Hey, they're like, we need more Mark. Like we want more Mark. Don't just like ask a question, wait for them to reply. You know, you kind of spit it back to them and then give back. They're like, dude, we, we want to hear from you. Like you make it interesting. So that was like a hard thing to get used to because the other thing was originally when I started, I was like, Hey, episodes got to be like 20 minutes. Nobody wants to listen to me for, you know, four hours, whatever. So I was like 20 minutes, 20 minutes. And people were like, Hey, we, we, we'll listen to more. So now I'm getting more comfortable kind of shooting for the 35 minute range and seeing how the listening data comes. Um, that was interesting. And then the other thing that, um, that I learned that was surprising was, um, the process of like just editing and, and just trying to, to hone it into making it as natural and, and casual and, and kind of open as possible. Very cool. Um, before we uh, hopped on the, the recording, um, you were sharing a little bit of uh, a story about how you got your first um, uh, sponsor, which you alluded to a little bit earlier. I'm wondering if you could tell that story just to give some people, you know, behind the curtain look at what's going on in the, oh, yeah. uh, in the podcast. Okay. So what's funny is like right now I'm in like my home like studio, which is just like a, a microcosm I had, but right here. With, with an original Macintosh in the back corner, correct? Dude, I got that's a that's a Mac color classic right there, and then I've got whatever I got an old like power book around. Oh, it's down there. It's like on top of stuff. Okay, so this is a ticket stub from the second to last Grateful Dead concert ever. Okay, with Jerry and Garcia. So, with Jerry Garst, this is like the original Grateful okay. Dead. All, okay. And so I'm a deadhead. I grew up, you know, like, and so I grew up in like this deadhead and kind of hippie culture, and you traded a lot. And so you had dreadlocks I, as a, as a kid, right? As a matter of fact. I actually have my dreadlocks right here. These, oh. this, this is my hair. I don't right know here. if that's cool or gross, but uh. it's, it's both. Yeah, that is. Those are my dreadlocks. Right <laughs> um, but anyway, what I was saying was like, I just, I'm, I want to help people. I want to help people succeed. And so, Rosie uh, was the founder of, co-founder of Littlefoot Coffee. I met them at like a market in Chicago a few years ago with my wife. We were on like a day date and I was like, Oh my God, that's like the coolest branding, this cool little coffee roaster. And then I had her on the podcast cause I've stayed in touch with her. And I was like, Hey man, like I want to help you guys. Like how about I advertise you guys on the podcast? You maybe send me some like, you know, free coffee and we'll see if it works. And she's like, yes, let's do it. So I was like, cool. We're, we're helping each other. So that to me is like, you know, I think some folks think I'm going to make a podcast. It's going to get big. I'm going to get money and advertisers. Like don't get into podcasting for money, you know? Um, and if you are getting in it for money, then that should be your focus. Um, for me, I just wanted to help people share their stories, hopefully inspire people to think a little bit differently about things. And so, yeah, that's how I got my, my first guest or my awesome. first uh, sponsor was just bartering. Like I used to barter in like Grateful Dead parking lots. Like, <laughs> hey, uh, you know, I'll give you my tie-dye for a veggie burrito or something. And it just, it works nowadays. <laughs> Very cool. I think you've definitely inspired people on the, on this interview here. Um, one final thing that I wanted to ask you is where can people find your podcast and where can they find you online? Yeah, for sure. The podcast is everywhere. Like, you know, iTunes or, you know, podcast apps, Spotify, Stitcher, Google, it's like everywhere. You can also just listen on my website, which is a lot of people actually have been listening there, which is interesting. So it's just markdhands.com. That's M-A-R-C- D is in David, hands, H-A-N-S.com. So you can listen there. And then there's links for there to listen everywhere. And then uh, the best place to find me online, if not my website, is my Instagram. I'm super active on Instagram. And that, again, is just Mark D. Hans, M-A-R-C-D-H-A-N-S. So all right, great. Well, we'll make sure to, to we'll make sure to keep all or include all of those links in the show notes. Mark, I want to yeah. thank you for uh, joining us today. And I hope we get to do this again soon. 
Okay. Well, that was our first interview with Mark D. Hands. Um, one thing that I'd like to say is that, you know, the reason that we're doing these interviews is because we want to try to use uh, the little platform that we have to try to um, create awareness for other people that are doing cool things online. Back in 2010, 2011, when we were doing this with Baby Hip, uh, I think it would have been really great if somebody else had, you know, shared our message with other people. And so we're trying to, to build a community of people that are doing cool things online. So Mike, I'm going to turn it over to you. Um, what were some of your takeaways from the interview? Uh, Mark's a cool dude. Yeah, really, really glad that um, I had a chance to to hear that interview. Uh, I also am really glad that uh, I got to hear you and I had to rewind it 10 times to make sure that you called Jerry Garcia, Gary Garcia. It didn't call you out <laughs> on it. Um, I, didn't I, say Gary. I didn't you say said, Gary. I promise you, you did. Everyone's <laughs> no. going to rewind this podcast. They're going to hear it. Gary, Gary Garcia. That's probably because we were talking about Gary Gygax last episode. <laughs> That's probably true. <laughs> but uh, no, Mark's a great guy. A lot of advice for us. Uh, a lot of advice about making sure the audio quality is good, aka no crickets uh, or Fred's <laughs> dog. Um, Can you guys so hear crickets we'll, right now? No, <laughs> no. You know what? Because I hear crickets through the window, but I don't know if it bled through. Go on. No, no. Now you're doing well. Um, so I, th I think he, he's got some, some tips for us. I really am looking forward to future interviews when, um, we can talk to people that are talking about subjects that maybe we had talked about in the past. Like I said, last week, uh, experts on things that we are not experts on most of the time we are talking straight out of our butts. Um, so well, that's the funny not, thing is, is Mark is really already, helpful. Mark is already kind of a self-taught expert in podcasting yeah. way more than we are. So yeah. He's got uh, twice as many episodes and he's about 10 times better. <laughs> and he has a sponsor. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that is correct. Um, I think on that topic, um, even though Mark is only, you know, uh, on episode 12 right now, I think one thing that I think he tuned into like in episode one is that having a podcast basically gives you an excuse to reach out to anybody and, you know, learn from them. And so I think in episode one, he's talking to the editor in chief of entrepreneur magazine and so um, I, I think that that's kind of a cool takeaway, maybe like a little life hack. If you want to get into, you know, some like new space, if you're interested in some new hobby, like it's totally reasonable to start a podcast, not as an expert, but as somebody who's sort of documenting their process of learning about that thing and then inviting people to be on the podcast. So maybe I think it could be cool to see who's like the most famous person that we could get on our podcast because <laughs> we have a podcast. Maybe that'll be a challenge. I also, so maybe we could talk to the inventor of the Elliptigo C3 and uh, just <laughs> what the hell he was So I want to, like, I want to uh, interrupt you right here because this is the second time um, that you have incorrectly referred to it. It's the Elliptigo <laughs> 3C, not the C3. Oh, I'm sorry. Is that the, is that a different model? Oh, no, it's, it doesn't exist. It's not, <laughs> not yet. <so. laughs> not yet. Yeah, I apologize. Uh, Pat, any takeaways from uh, our interview? Uh, yeah, I, um, I definitely felt the same way he did, or we was talking about his like audience saying we want to hear like longer episodes, because at least the way I listen to podcasts, it's while I'm doing other things. And usually they're not even long enough for me, even when they're like an hour, and I'm upset when they're done. Um, and also him learning that people want to hear what he has to say because you're not going to go and start listening to a podcast just for the people that he's interviewing. You have to actually want to know what his thoughts are on everything. 
And that is very true as well. I think that you can listen to 10 different podcasts that all interview the same people, but you want to listen to the person that you're actually interested in what they have to say. Yeah. That's a cool point. I think like the idea that a pod, I think when we first started this, our podcast was like under 30 minutes. It was like 22, 23, somewhere in Mm -hmm. there. And then we've had an episode that's like been well over an hour. Um, and in talking just like with people that are in my circle who listen to the show, they haven't really had a complaint about it being too long. I think that sometimes podcasts when they drone on for like three, four hours, like some Joe Rogan episodes are just like unbearably long. Yeah. because Joe Rogan's in them. That's when they're unbearable. <laughs> not, Mike Winant, not a fan. <laughs> Against Joe Rogan. Um, but yeah, I think, Pat, that's totally how I listen to podcasts, too. I never just listen to a podcast. I'm always doing something in addition. And then it's sort of like annoying when you have to go find something else to listen to when you're in the middle of a task. Yeah. And it's interesting how video is the opposite. But like yeah. a video is over like five minutes. You're like, what the fuck is wrong with you? Like, <laughs> stop talking. <laughs> yeah i've heard uh, that sort of concept referred to as like found time so like you know mm-hmm. when mm-hmm. when you ordinarily wouldn't um like you'd have to like mow the lawns like now you've got an hour or two to do something else and so i thought yeah. that was sort of a cool way to think about that type of time yeah all right cool so that was our first interview um i think our, our i didn't get to one, share my opinion hello talk i just didn't explicitly throw it over to you i didn't realize you had something i've got i've opinion. got some very strong opinions this better be good first of all he said if you want to make a lot of money that's not the reason to go into podcasting crap so why are we doing this <laughs> already make it mcfadden on, epi- on episode one or before episode one you specifically said look at was it Joe Rogan's podcast that was sold to Spotify uh-huh. for like a billion dollars? The exclusive licensing rights for rumor has it about a hundred million dollars. Yeah. And there was a promise that that was going to happen to us. So I think we're a little off, you know, our groove here of what we're going for. So here's, here's the interesting thing. Cause I do, I think that this is actually like a good life lesson. If you go into something um, with the explicit goal of making money, oftentimes that is like a short term uh, like way to think about things. And it usually fails. Whereas if you do something for the love of doing it, you uh, sort of paradoxically end up uh, creating something that people like that is then monetizable and is worth the riches. And so you have to do something uh, that you're genuinely passionate about. Because like Joe Rogan, for example, we keep talking about him, like he did his podcast for 10 years. And like the first couple of years were like unbearably terrible to listen to. Um, but he just sort of stuck with it. It was interesting. And he slowly built this following. So uh, I think Robbie, that you're wrong. Fair enough. But actually, that leads to my second point, which actually you're going to agree with because you already said it. Okay. But it's that when you do things, things happen. And for Mark... <laughs> literally, he literally just said this all. What, what's happening? You know what, Pat? <laughs> you know what? So do things. Finish your thought. <laughs> Is this going to be edited out? Can we just edit everything I'm saying? Out? I don't know. We'll have to play it back. We'll decide later. When you do things, things happen. Please elaborate. What do you mean by that? No, it's 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 that life motto of you know don't give a shit of like of don't create reasons to not do something, just do them. So like whether it's 
reaching out to the editor-in-chief of Entrepreneur Magazine. Just be like, the worst that's going to happen is they say no. So just ask. You know, if you want to create a podcast, just create a podcast. If you just want to, he reminds me a lot of the hippie version of you, Mike McFadden. He did remind me of you a lot. Mike. Yeah, in the sense that so he Interestingly, to... Mark and I, and actually all of you, we all went to the same high school, only Mark's a couple years ahead of us, so we never overlapped. Oh. But then Mark and I also went to the same university, but we also never overlapped. And we also played on the same lacrosse team, but we never overlapped. So uh, we have this weird kindred spirit, and we sort of connected post-college when I actually had him come into my classroom to be a guest speaker to talk about the entrepreneurial things that he was doing. Nice. Well, anyways, yeah, so that, that makes perfect sense. You guys are both the type of guys who just want to try new things, throw yourselves into it, create something new, and like actually go for it. And then if after a while you're like, yeah, okay, did it, not go to the next thing, that's okay too. But uh, he has a great attitude about him, and yeah, glad I got to hear from him. Cool. All right. Well, thank you, guys. That was our recap of the first interview. Uh, now it's time to play for or against. One of us will present a topic, we'll analyze that topic, and then we'll decide if we are for or against that topic. So, Patrick, we are going to start with your topic. Take it away. So my topic is Adventure Racing Eco Challenge. Um, did you guys watch the video? Yes. Sure I, did. Yes. I did, yes. Um, so it, it, it looks pretty cool. It's uh, Bear Grylls is hosting basically a super hard across different natural obstacles, obstacle course. Like people have to do things that will stretch them beyond what they've ever done before, what most people have ever done before. Yeah, so it looks it's like, like one of hard. the most extreme like hiking races. Like I think it takes place in Fiji. I think it was like you know many kilometers long and it's hundred and something. It's like hiking, biking, kayaking, zip lining through the mud, through the rain, under no the motors. rocks. Yeah, and I think teams of three or four or something like that. So, so that's <clears> adventure <throat> racing. Pat, who would you like uh, to uh, to kick things off here? Uh, Let's start with Robbie on this one. What did you think about it, Robbie? Okay, I love the outdoors. I love hiking. I love biking. I love nature. I love scenic vistas. Uh, <laughs> but uh, this is not something that I would want to do. So in the write-up, they talk about how the only way to have a chance at winning is by pushing yourself beyond like the furthest amounts of stress and fatigue you've ever felt. And I don't want to feel that. Like, I just want to go for a nice leisurely hike. I just want to go take a nice hour-long bike ride, enjoy the view, and then stop. And now, does, so, does any part of you, or, or like at any point in your life, do you think you would have wanted to test your mettle? Uh, not like this. Like, there are <laughs> other challenges I'm aware of. I forget the name of it, but there's a challenge that goes, it's like the Great Mongolian Race or something like that, which is different, but reminded me of it because it's this race that takes like several weeks, which I think this is what the Eco Challenge is as well. And over several weeks, you buy a jalopy of a car and you and one other person, like, like, Travel literally, back in like, time to 1920. You, no, you, you basically paid like buy a $300 car that's going to break down. Like, it's a guarantee that sometime in your race, it's going to okay. break down. And you drive through the back roads of all these Ooh, random the countries that most Americans have never even heard of. You're a road trip guy. I love road tripping. This okay. is a, an extreme version, though. And you, and you have to stay, like, I had a friend who did this, this, other race that the car race 
and their car broke down and they had to stay with a local village family for a week while they found the one mechanic like 50 miles away who could come and service their car. And so that reminds me of a similar type of adventure that has a good story behind it, but I would never ever want to be a part of it. So yeah. I, th I feel like for the right person, it sounds like if you are competitive and want that thrill of a lifetime uh, and want a story to tell, I think there's something cool here. For me, I don't want to do it. So I'm you're against. against it for you personally. No, what about for watching the show? Are you for watching the Eco Challenge, which is coming to Amazon Prime in August? I'm also against watching it. It seems to me, <laughs> it seems to me to be like a combination of the Amazing Race paired with National Geographic paired with Big Brother, yeah. and that's just not a. I don't watch any of those. Maybe National Geographic, but not the other two. And one other thing that bothered me. There's a registration fee for the teams. You have to pay $5,000 to register. And that doesn't even cover like your getting materials. There. It doesn't cover getting there. It doesn't cover like your equipment for biking or can uh, Is that kayaking. registration? That's not application. That's registration. Registration. Yeah. So like, okay. So you've already made the cut and then you need to foot the yeah. bill. Yeah. But so you're like, against it for just from a, a fiscal standpoint. From a fiscal, like, because at the at the best case scenario, like, if you come in third place, maybe make a few bucks, but you're basically paying for the experience, which, fine, but it's not cheap. Against paying for it, against the show on Amazon Prime, and against me doing it. <laughs> no but if you're quality. into it, then it sounds like a lot of fun. <laughs> okay, strong thoughts. Uh, how about you, Wynand? Uh So I. I watched the video and it, it, it sounds like a, a very fun thing for people who are not me. Um, <laughs> so it's an eco challenge where they have to go 600 kilometers without using a motor, which I think was like a, a cool thing, which is, which there's, you know, and having to push themselves, but people who push themselves and, and do like superhuman things and find a portion of themselves that they didn't know they had so they could get themselves over some kind of obstacle that they've worked so hard to get over are generally assholes. And so I don't want to watch them on TV. Um, generally, right? Like, uh, so I'm against it as a TV show. Wait, but on, I, would people, like... <laughs> I just want to go back to this for a second. You're saying that people have, that have pushed themselves to the extreme to overcome obstacles. <laughs> Generally, like, unifying characteristic is that they're all assholes. No, it's like on. the first, the first female who recently did the full swim from Cuba to America, like in these cold ocean waters. She's pushing herself too far. She's an asshole. No, no, I'm not saying that. But I don't. <laughs> but people who also want to do that on front of a camera, right? Those people have got some something I don't want to watch. Um, <laughs> they're not going to be my friends. My friends don't do that kind of stuff. Um, but I do like the idea of like, like yeah. putting a camera onto the earth that is slowly burning and, you know, and will extinguish it, it's life giving force eventually because we're terrible people. Uh, I think that's valid. I would like to pivot this show to be like a Phineas Fogg style around the world in 80 days, but without a motor and maybe take somebody two years to do it. But that um, would be more interesting to me too. Go around the whole globe. That seems like a more extreme version of the yeah. show. Well, that you guys are worthwhile one. Is that it's too extreme. 
Well, the, no. the, the sports part. I don't care about the sports yeah, I don't part. Want, but I, I do want them to like have to go through. They have to go through Ulaanbaatar, Mongolia, but with no motor. Like, figure that out. You know, like I would give them zero dollars and say you have infinite amount of time. We'll get you a doctor if you need one. But these people are gonna follow you around, and you've got to get here again. Go. Agreed. I am for wine and show. All right, that's that's our next uh, eight four seven productions piece. Okay. So two against. Well, uh, this is going to be awkward because the next interview that I have lined up is a guy who competed in the Eco Challenge Adventure Race, and I'm not joking. <laughs> Mike, you should tell us about these things ahead of time. I literally texted you guys that very thing make two sure hours he kno- ago. Make sure he knows that Winan thinks he's an asshole. <laughs> yeah, I will, we'll start with that. What is your response to Mike Winan's take that you are an asshole? Um, but he's a really cool guy. Um, I bet he is. So I know him uh, from my from my time uh, working at Camp Makajuan as a as a Boy Scout, and he's actually on a team. So this is my understanding, and actually, so th- this might be totally made up uh, because he has not yet received like the what he's allowed to say about the show Ooh. from the producers yet, and so the interview you know might come a little bit later. Um, but uh, he was on the team of like all Eagle Scouts and he was like the captain of the team. And this guy's really cool. He does like uh, sea kayaking expeditions in like Greece and he's actually a polar um, explorer guide. He like that takes uh, cool. tours or he takes like uh, um, usually dudes um, to, to the North Pole and like leads expeditions to the North Pole. I'm realizing that my feelings may be coming from a place of jealousy. I'm realizing that about myself now. Um, yeah, and, well, and they so, may. I know that like yeah. when I'm at work and when my brother's at work, we look at his Instagram and he's like, you know, diving off of a post in like Guatemala and like, I want to be there. Yeah, like I, I think that's what over I'm, a keyboard. I'm feeling. I'm going to have to. Why well, don't revoke? You're against. You know, don't <laughs> revoke. It. No, I'm against. Decision. I'm against the idea of it for myself. <laughs> but perhaps, uh, not, perhaps not there are people here. who are better than I can do it. Okay. So I'm, I'm for the eco challenge. Um, I think there was a time in my life when I would have liked to participate in the race. Um, I think right now, uh, the idea of like going away and doing something, I think that uh, I'm at a point where I know that I probably couldn't do the things that are asked of me in terms of like the endurance and the exposure to the elements. And I think there's like some highly technical, like outdoorsy things that I'm a pretty outdoorsy guy, but like, I think you'd, like, I think I might die if I go on this trip because there's like whitewater and rock climbing and ropes and all sorts of different things. Um, but I'm really looking forward to the show and uh, looking forward to seeing my old friend Eric Lilstrom compete in the Eco Challenge. So that, that's my stance. Pat, Eric uh, the asshole Lilstrom. <laughs> <laughs> uh, really hope that he finds that funny. <laughs> I thought it was funny. Also, I thought it was funny too. But uh, what's your take on on the adventure racing eco challenge? Um, I feel similar to you. Well, except for I never would have wanted to do it because I know I would die. <laughs> yeah, not a question. Like definitively, yeah. just straight up. I would like to do one of those like tough mutter, 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 mutter. That's yeah, right. mutter. 
um, moderns once. Those look like fun. Say hi um, to butter for me. Those are like 50 bucks and they're in every city. <laughs> yeah, but I'm wildly out of shape. Um, <laughs> I love American Ninja Warrior. That's my favorite thing in the whole world. Yeah. American Ninja Warrior? Yes. Oh, okay. Yeah, I love American Ninja <laughs> Warrior. I love The Amazing Race. And here's a throwback. I'm sure none of you watch it, but Amanda and I still watch MTV's The Challenge. That's still and a thing? That is still a thing. Wow. MTV is still a thing? <laughs> yes, to that as well. Um, but they got to this point where the finals look like what this looks like. Like there was a final where they had to kayak and run several miles and then they stood on um, like posts for like six hours instead of sleeping and then climbed a snowy mountain the next day. Like it was freaking insane. And this kind of feels like the whole thing is that finale and the finale is usually the best part. So I'm, I'm excited. I'm psyched for it. And it's cool that you know one of the guys. <clears throat> so I already know who to cheer for. <laughs> um, I just want to say any challenge that involves like sitting on a post for like six hours, I'm against. <laughs> <laughs> any any but, challenge like that. But uh, like Wine and said, these people are all assholes. So it's kind of fun <laughs> to watch them have to stand there for six hours. I didn't hours. know I was going to have to talk to one of them. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm also thinking, I'm allowed to change my mind. You guys can convince me, and you've done a pretty good job. Now I'm thinking about the people who do American Ninja Warrior and yeah. like their storylines and how wonderful they are. They focus on a goal. And so I've changed my mind entirely. I'm this forward. is for or against, not for then against, Mike. So it could be whatever Ooh. it is. This is our season I, one experiment. Season one experimental. Do anything you want. All right. Fine. I think yeah. what Wynan is trying to say is he's realized that Robbie is the asshole. Yeah. <laughs> I was like getting on that bandwagon. Yeah. Maybe we should have started this segment. Okay. Um, I think we've exhausted the topic for now um, and, until our next episode or a future episode when we have the, the expert on to, to inform See. us and let mm-hmm. us know uh, that we are all the assholes. Wynan, <laughs> uh, what is your topic for today? So my topic is one that uh, I had to have a minor moral dilemma in my mind about uh, this weekend when the Broadway show of Hamilton became available via Disney+. Plus problem being i don't have disney plus um the uh number of streaming systems that are streaming services that are out there now are it's crazy i mean there is youtube tv hulu disney plus apple tv cbs has one peacock peacock from nbc hbo um all these things adding them all up together i it's going to cost me more to do them than to, you know, go back to cable, which is I cut the cord like five years ago. Um, so wanted to get your thoughts on you guys. Is, is it okay to share logins for these services, um, you know, that uh, in the COVID time is basically our, uh, our only, only escape to our, our tiny little lives. I'll start with you, Mike. So um, I just have a question. Like, it, it sounds to me like, are you saying you didn't want to, like, I didn't pay want to like six dollars so for the <laughs> month access? I didn't want to pay six dollars a month for access. Did you already do a free trial? I already did a free trial. Okay. 
But do, do you don't have six dollars? <laughs> like <laughs> I do, but it's six dollars a month, and then I got to pay uh, with this with the HBO Max. And my wife really wants us to get BritBox, which is like British television shows, because all good things come from there for some reason. Their TV is really good. We had them Classic all up, but it's like one hundred and thirty bucks. Um, so I, I, I did. Gonna... I did. I did make a decision. I'll just. I'll, I'll we'll save that for the end. That's the cliffhanger. Keep our <laughs> listeners riveted on the edge of their seats. So, okay. Um, I too have multiple streaming services. Um, that have got uh, Hulu with live TV. So like I cut cable, but oh. I still want cable. And so when I started that was $45 and now they've jacked it up to $55. Um, we'll come Are back. you really coming out ahead? Cause then you're still paying for internet. I'm still coming so, on ahead and I don't have to call Comcast uh, or the internet service provider. Like every, um, like it was like literally every three months I had to call to dispute my bill or like, get, like and at one point, like it'd be like over $200. And so now dang. Um, I'm still coming out a little bit ahead. Um, not by a whole lot, but the hassle factor is definitely yeah. worth it in my opinion. Um, then I also have Netflix and I also have Amazon Prime. Uh, streaming but amazon prime comes with my amazon prime account which i can't live without so i don't even really count that one and so um i really sort of only count like netflix as the streaming service that i have um and so i have canceled netflix for like a month or two at a time because like you're not locked into a long contract and so when you find yourself that you've like that sounds like a hassle there's on netflix just no, stop, that's stop paying smart consumer netflix and then try something else and pay for that. And if you sort of like think about like how, uh, like what you're comparing it to, it's like, what would it cost to go see Hamilton in person? You're going to spend hundreds of dollars, um, potentially thousands if you're going to see it on Broadway, depending upon where you live in the country, you know, $6 or even if you get like the $12.99 with ESPN and Hulu package, like it still seems like a pretty good deal. We used to in high school get, um, you know, a movie from the family video, like, multiple times a weekend and watch it. So I really think you need to rethink uh, how you're justifying the amount of money that mm. you're spending. Um, now, as for sharing streaming logins, that's the, that's the focus of this topic, yes? Yes. I, uh, I do share streaming logins. <laughs> <laughs> for all of that. <laughs> <laughs> because but you're the so, giver. It's so easy. Like I have a friend and like, I don't want to pay for HBO and like he gave it to me once and then like, I still have. Why do you want to pay for HBO? Else. Think of the value that you used to go to <laughs> Blockbuster. A friend of mine told me this uh, pretty recently that like when you were a kid, you used to go to Blockbuster and six bucks but on that topic so a lot of uh our friends leech off of this one account and so it sometimes kicks you out because they can tell that too many people are coming on it from too many different ip addresses and so the last time they got kicked out i decided that i wasn't going to log back in just for but i probably will there's nothing that i want to watch in HBO <laughs> but during game of thrones it's just like hey let me, i gotta borrow this um but then um yeah, that's all i'll say for there Okay, so you're against it, but you do do it. Yes, I'm against <laughs> it morally, um, and I think that you're just a cheap ass if you just borrow somebody else's <laughs> streaming service. But those are the things that I am. So, all right, Here we are. How about you, Rob? I am very for sharing streaming logins, mostly because I'm the mooch that takes other people's logins. Uh, Netflix, we get from Lexi's sister. Hulu, we get from Lexi's other sister. HBO Go, we get from a friend. 
Amazon Prime Video we have because we, we're Prime members. Um, You're Americans in the 21st century. Right. And yeah, but the, I don't really have the moral dilemma here because all these companies actively state, Netflix states, HBO states, we know that people share, we're good with people sharing. That's not an issue that we care to like regulate. Like, I should have sent you some articles because they're not cool with it. Just like what <laughs> Mike said, where they kick you off. Like, No, well, they kick you off if you're like 10 people on at once. But if you're sharing with like two or three people, at least, again, I haven't read about this in a couple of years, but as of a couple of years ago. They had changed it. their tune a little bit on that. Ah, okay. Pat, what are your thoughts? Um, I think it depends because we do the same thing. We stopped doing Netflix for a while because then when you come back, you have like a good month of content and then you can stop for a while and then you can come back. So you could do that with all of them. A lot of it is just convenience. Like my sister-in-law had the login for from somebody and then we're just watching it. Like I don't mind paying the 10 bucks for HBO every five months or whatever, but we just already have it. But some of them are starting to get greedy like HBO Max, what is it, like twelve ninety nine a month? And it's just HBO yeah. Max. And then YouTube, which started at, I believe, $35, just raised it to $65 a month. So What I mean, do you get from YouTube? YouTube is the same as Hulu Live, so you get live uh, TV and all that stuff. Adlitz. Some you companies all... should come together and just bundle these all together and just deliver them. <laughs> and deliver it through one cable. Yeah, yeah. one cable instead of these different streaming services. Yeah. Yeah. So I like that it is unbundled and, and different things and the, the no contract because you do get screwed with cable contracts. But at the same time, some of them are getting so greedy that it's getting to the point where it's going to suck even more. So you're going to have to either share passwords or do what Mike was saying of, of going on and off. Cause like Peacock, why does Peacock have to exist? That's the <laughs> dumbest thing. Like that's so stupid. And they're like Is showing off. Like, I thought that yeah, was explicit. Service. Oh, yeah. So when we watch Saved by the Bell, we have there's to also, yeah, yeah, I mean, DC Comics has their own. And, mm -hmm. you know, yeah, there's Acorn is another one. And there's so many. It's There's also then the sporting one. So, like, I actually pay for, the, for MLB because yeah. you get the, the baseball season, which, by the way, I do share. So I'm not a total mooch in my direction i let other people mooch off me there nbc nice. sports to watch soccer like it's crazy yeah so i'm four to a point um but there's we went to a house show and um there is some sort of like box thing that they're like hey come over here and it was like 35 dollars a month and they're like with it you get netflix from any country you want so you get hbo and you get and i was like oh this is this is crazy like i wonder how they worked out these deals and i looked it up and they literally just rip everything and put it in the box and give it to you. And I was like, well, that's just stealing. <laughs> I like said it, I'm like, it fell off a truck. just like stealing? And they're like, well, I mean, no, it's all out there. We're just, we're just grabbing it. And it's like, no, that's stealing. That's like, stealing what it's grabbing. <laughs> yeah, I'd be so, suspicious yeah. when they say you can get Netflix from, one, from whatever country you want. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, you can do that if you have like a, a VPN and sort yeah. of, sort of like reroute where your internet is coming <clears throat> from. Which, yeah, that's again, too dark like, web for me, though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's definitely like, I think a lot of people rationalize or just like, ah, oh, like the companies want you to do that. But then like there is a, there is a, a threshold that I won't cross like i don't know if you guys know popcorn time it's basically netflix 
that uses like torrent sites in order to stream the content. And so like it looks and feels exactly like a professional grade Netflixy type, you know, interface. Um, but you can watch almost anything except that it's a hundred percent pirated. And yeah. <laughs> super illegal. It's like, I just, I don't go down that, that road. Yeah. yeah so to, uh, that's a good distinction to make. To be clear, I am anti-piracy, anti-bit torrents, yeah, for sure. but I'm for sharing legitimate streaming service. Yeah, logins. like, do you guys ever do the thing where, like, somebody comes over, like, oh, let me just log into my account that, like, you don't have, and then they don't mm-hmm. log out, and they're just like, well, they <laughs> were here. It's it's fun. To, I, I like the way that people rationalize their theft, their corporate Yeah. Theft. The way, so the way I rationalized watching um, Hamilton um, was that um, it, everybody's getting a little bit of something. So with, I, I have my brother's Disney Plus who uses my Hulu um, and then my parents use my Netflix. So I use their HBO max. So it's all, you know, it's a, I think, I think the spirit of the law versus the letter of the law type situation. We all have um, the same I feel a little bit name. better about that. Yeah. Because <laughs> um, I know like the old, like Rob will say the only buddy who, only people who win if you don't do it that way are the corporations who already have an insane amount of money as it is. That's right. Um, have you so seen Netflix's stock price lately? Yeah. That's crazy. Um, and so I'm that's, also a shareholder. Yeah. Okay. Mike. <laughs> <laughs> Even more reason to share logins to keep you from fattening your pockets. <laughs> but the 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 profits that they make go to make more content. So you're sort of shooting yourself in the foot if you're not supporting the content creators. But I am a little bit, right? <laughs> That's so right. I'm doing this kind of half and half. I can justify it for myself. So um, that's what I do is trade. Uh, I had a friend of mine who wanted to get in and say like, okay, let's all 10 of us get on this YouTube TV family plan, but we are not related. We're f- <laughs> he's a great guy. I think. Yeah. He's a nice guy, but it's a, I'm not really, really cause the only thing I know about him is that he wants to uh, cheat. <laughs> Doesn't sound great to me. He's a good dude. All right. All right. I think we've talked about uh, sharing streaming logins as much as we can. Um, let's go on to Robbie's topic. All right, I've got a topic to wrap it up. So for Mm -hmm. several months now, we've been in the midst of a global pandemic. And one of the casualties of that pandemic (laughs) has been the lack of physical contact with one another, at least for most of us. And that includes no more handshakes, at least for now. So I actually don't want to know if you're for or against handshakes during the pandemic. Are you for or against handshakes not during a pandemic? So when this all gets cured and we go back to whatever our normal lives are for or against shaking hands with people the, no, the way that americans typically go about shaking hands just a, a firm handshake not like a like a teenager has like a secret handshake yeah a like, normal a normal just... firm palm to palm handshake and within the context of the social setting that you're shaking someone's hand if that you, makes sense you want to specify uh, those are weird social setting say. because I, there's I, I, I feel like the context can be very different depending upon the social setting. Like, are you All right, at well, an interview? Are you at a dinner party? Keep, keep talking, McFadden. Let's hear what you think about this. Uh, okay, well, I was asking for a clarification. <laughs> <laughs> the, it, the general so idea the, of shaking someone's hand. So just the general idea of shaking hands. Um, I think... Uh, it, that, that, the act of that being a greeting. 
a greeting. I think it's good. I, I think I'm for it. I think uh, I I like um, the the human contact that is is completely platonic and it's just it's a show of respect. Um, it does like I, I'm having a hard time thinking about this without the the framework of, of COVID and like at any time I see somebody like shaking hands now on TV, I'm like, what are you doing? Like, <laughs> what are you doing? Um, but uh, pre pandemic, I was, I was definitely all about handshaking as a classroom teacher. I would always greet my students um, at, at like, the doorway when they would come in. And then I would, you know, either give like a fist bump or a, a handshake or, like a bump elbow or like, you know, a nod and just sort of, it was a nice way to welcome everybody into the class and just sort of put whatever was going on outside of class aside. And so I was, I was very much a, like a handshaker um, slash like human contact greeter. So I'm for, I'm for it. Okay. So for. Winan, how about you? Um, I, th- I think I come from a, a personal point of view um, having it's a it's a disabled american in in some ways um handshakes have always been kind of an awkward experience for me um because it raises questions um uh and so i, I think i i'm i can't give a a a, a view that's not colored by that lens but i think honestly that handshakes aren't going to go away after all of this um, you think they are going to go away i think they are yeah um, and a nice. Do you think uh, they'll be re- replaced with a different kind of greeting? I, like I don't a, think a bow, we're going to be bowing. I don't think we're going to be bowing. What about like the elbow bump um, though? Just could like be an elbow this... bump. Could be something. We're going to figure it out. I could see that, like a non, um, a much less germ transmittal sort of. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, I think we're learning that um, it isn't really necessary <laughs> to, uh, in a lot of contexts, um, and so. Um, I, I definitely f- shifted away I'm, from the handshake to the fist bump and elbow bumps. Like yeah. as my career progressed and I realized how sick I was getting. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I think I'm against handshakes um, just because it's, it, it clearly is a way that drugs, um, that uh, germs get passed. So I'm against. So I, before I go to Pat, I Googled just the first thing that came up, greetings around the world. And perhaps uh, we want That's to adopt one, one of these different greetings. So we got the it. first one here is in Tibet. Stick out your tongue. Again, that's that's a way to greet. Or in in a few different <clears throat> Arab countries, bump noses. What yeah. website are you on? <laughs> <laughs> it, yeah, I think I'm we'll on. go the opposite direction on that one. <laughs> yeah, probably shouldn't bump noses. Not during the pandemic. At are least. you sure this is a credible website? Just because <laughs> like, the first two don't sound <laughs> like. <laughs> I'm, I'm not sure. This is just the first thing that Google showed me. Okay. Um, but then they talk about air kisses on the cheek in parts of Europe. We know about that. That could be cool. Uh, rubbing noses and sometimes foreheads. Um, <laughs> like nose to nose or like I, I like go and rub <laughs> with your hand? <laughs> That's a good question. Uh, I touch no, your, you're pressing. Got your no- press- the got your nose greeting. Papua New Guinea, sure. <laughs> I'm all uh, for the got your nose replacing the handshake post. <laughs> <laughs> in Zimbabwe and Mozambique, it's clap your hands. That's cool. I'd do that for I like sure. That. Yeah. Just like, yeah, clap your hands. That sounds like a great one. The we bow we mentioned. Friends clap, though. 
What? <laughs> He's talking about the, the clap at the beginning of the, the show. Uh, uh, friends. Clap, clap, clap. Got it. Uh, anyways, and the, the last one that was interesting is sniffing faces. Nope. Probably I don't want to do that. Um, so, Pat, back, self-conscious. <laughs> back to you, Pat, on shaking hands. What do you think? Um, I like a good, good handshake. I've always been for. I'm against when only like two of my fingers get in there and they're in like a power position. <laughs> That's what happens to me every time. <laughs> yeah. I'm sorry, Mike. <laughs> I'm also against when the other person's hand is wet. Yes. Where did yeah. that come from? <laughs> yes. And the thing I'm most against is when you go to the handshake and the other person goes for the hug. And then you're in some kind of weird, awkward dance. No I, I love it. So, so for me, all of you guys have articulated, at least Mike, Wynan and Pat, you've articulated some great reasons why we shall be against. There are just too many variables that you can't control for, whether it's the sweaty hand or the germs or the awkwardness. Uh, and then one other thing that I want to add, taking it from a slightly different angle, I feel weird about handshakes because every, not every, almost every single time that I do them, it makes me feel like I'm being too formal, almost like my relationship with that person is like we aren't comfortable with each other. Like there's some sort of distance between the two of us that we can't be more casual than shaking hands. So for me, shaking hands actually creates more mental distance between me and that person as if they're a stranger. Didn't it originate from like, see, I have no weapons. I won't hurt you, right? That's how it started. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. There is one exception I will say. My father-in-law, Lexi's dad, he's a handshaker. He, he shakes my hand, but he shakes everyone's hand. He shakes Lexi's hand. So <laughs> he gets a pass. Um, but, for, but for anyone rage, else... The competitive rage room guy. <laughs> <laughs> totally. Uh, but for anyone else, it just always feels a little too distant for me. One thing on, on this topic that I'm very for is when somebody goes for the fist bump and the other person goes for the handshake... <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> the coupling. The coupling. Yeah. Yes. That that I love. And, and then the other thing I love is when somebody goes through the handshake and the other person doesn't see it. And then that person has to decide how long they're gonna keep their hand there. And then when they get to the point when they don't know when they realize that the handshake isn't coming, they have to sort of find a way to put it back down. <laughs> I love I like that. I love yeah. missed handshakes I, and yeah. high fives. I'm and, for missed handshakes, but against fist bumps. That's so good. But if you get rid of the handshake, then you don't get those missed handshakes. I know, I know. Is saying, it worth so. is it worth it? I don't know. It's not good, in my book. Good point. <laughs> All right. Um, anything else we want to say about handshakes? <laughs> no. I think we've covered it. A lot Very of it against today. Uh, <laughs> so before we wrap up, I'd like to conduct an instant review team. How did we do, Pat, starting with you? Well, I think we can all agree that um, Robbie lost today. Robbie what? Lost today. <laughs> Competitive. <laughs> <Pat, there>. <laughs> um, I, uh, I enjoyed talking with you guys. I enjoyed the fact that uh, you're going to interview somebody that uh, wine and called an asshole. I didn't say um, that specifically. <laughs> <laughs> you said Eric Lillstrom is an asshole. <laughs> I had a good time. I'm glad that we got to chat on this program today. Cool. Thank All right, Wynan, what do you think? 
Uh, well, I think we can all uh, reflect and agree that we learned that I am indeed the asshole. So that's something <laughs> mm-hmm. I will have to wrestle with for the next week. Uh, we didn't learn anything new here today. Though. <laughs> <laughs> you might have something new, but we've uh, known that for a yeah, couple of days. I have too. <laughs> uh, but the, uh, the thing that kept going through my mind uh, ever since that segment was watching American Ninja Warrior and finally seeing Drew Dreschel complete it after like 10 seasons. So, Mike, use your um, y- your unabashed uh, ability to make friends and requests, and let's get Drew Dreschel on this show. It would make me so happy. One of my fraternity brothers is a, a competitor on American Ninja Warrior. Let's make it happen. We're going to get Drew Dreschel on this show. I'm so excited. I, I don't, <laughs> my fraternity brother is not Drew Dreschel. Yeah, but he knows the guy who knows the guy. I probably have faith. <laughs> <laughs> So I'm going to reach out to somebody who I haven't talked to since 2008 and say, hey, I've got a podcast. Could you put me in touch with? This sounds like a great plan to me. Okay. Sounds good. Yeah. You're saying it like it's a weird thing to do. You're right. Okay. Uh, Robbie, instant review. What'd you think? I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it because I like talking with my friends. I don't know how good this actually sounded as a podcast, but I had fun today. So, oh, so negative, Robbie. <laughs> Only because you're here, Pat. I was trying to be nice to you today. I was trying to be <laughs> delicate and gentle with your feelings, and you've just come at me these last couple of minutes. I'm against you. So I want to jump in here because one thing that did not come up during our um, review of the interview was that Mark had a bag of his dreadlocks. Is <laughs> That's that did happen. Was it I saw for the or against saving your dreadlocks. Uh, I, I, I like I like Mark very much, but I am so against that. It's, it's, it's probably on um, handshakes are probably still grosser. <laughs> if you really get down to it, true. I mean, I have bags of hair, but I mean, <laughs> not your own <laughs> hair. No, that's so. <laughs> I've got all of your guys' hair. (laughs) That is. All right. So on that note, thank you so much for listening. This was episode number seven. As we mentioned last time and the time before, these shows take almost no time to produce, but it's way easier to not do them. So if you'd like us to keep doing them, uh, please let us know, and your encouragement will make it much more likely that we will. Don't forget to subscribe, tell a friend about the show, and write a review. Find us on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at ForAgainstPod. Catch you next time. Bye. Just old friends on the podcast. We build a defense on ridiculous topics. Are you for or against? Discussing random issues, man. The show is immense. So tune in and choose a side that you sit on the fence, man. We debate a lot of issues, boy. Where do we start? Adults who drink milk and self-driving cars. You listening now to for or against? So turn the volume up. This is for or against.